Hello and welcome to Master of Domain, the podcast which is allegedly about the hit 90s sitcom Seinfeld. I'm Milo Edwards, someone who's never seen Seinfeld, and I'm joined as ever by my co-host Phoebe Roy. Hello. That is all she ever says. And this week we are joined all the way from New York, the Big Apple baby. It's not Champion Hill, but it's in fact Queens. (laughs) Maddie Mm -hmm. Lubchansky, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. I love to be here in the Big Apple. Mm. Where the Rangers have won ten straight games. It's a big, big, big two, big time around here. It's great. Who are the, who are the Rangers? We're the hockey team, Milo. Uh, okay. The Knicks are less good, so I'm not as enthused about them <laughs> at the moment. Yeah, you know, I feel like Rain, Rangers is like a funny, a funny name for a hockey team. When you sort of like, I, I feel as though ice skates would be inimical to the action of a Ranger of any kind. Yeah, there was a there actually is a reason that's kind of stupid that it was oh, okay. owned by a gentleman who was from Texas at one point and the papers mm. started calling the team Texas Rangers. That is I believe it sounds apocryphal maybe it is, but that is my understanding of why the team is called that. That's so funny. If you'd asked me mm. to guess what the Rangers were, I'd absolutely would have guessed hockey. Oh, interesting. Well, they're also a baseball team in Texas, which is confusing. Oh, okay. But like I did but like I didn't know that they were the hockey yeah. team. But that's what I would have guessed. Maybe process of elimination. Because I feel like we know what the baseball teams are called. I know mm-hmm. that basketball is the Knicks. I know that football is the Giants. So I guess if I'd give, if I was given time to formulate my answer, I probably yeah. would have had to have guessed hockey on the basis What's, of uh, like you know handball. Yeah, volleyball. You, well, you've missed you've missed a football team and another basketball team. But yes, there's also oh, the Jets I? and the Nets. Ah, uh, yeah, I have heard of both of those. Yeah. Jet, Jets and Nets, baby. Jets, the Jets, Nets, and the Mets are all here. Yeah. <laughs> Jets, Nets, and Mets. <laughs> at, what, at what point did Benny get involved? I believe that was over there. That's not really my problem. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Although he was in a baseball uniform for that. So he should have been Benny a, and the oh, Mets, in, baby. Oh, he's wearing a Dodgers uniform, though. It's all... Yeah, it's all it's very all confusing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brooklyn Dodgers, like a pre, pre-60s. pre uh, mm. Yeah. Difficult stuff. Um, yeah, so <laughs> scholarly we, uh, work. We are here in the Jets, Nets, and Mets fandom to discuss uh, another another uh, New York team, very important to our hearts and souls. That is the team of Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David, who I don't know if you know this, wrote a sitcom uh, known commonly as Seinfeld, um, of which we happen to today have watched uh, season eight, episode twenty-one, The Muffin Tops. Uh, which aired on the eighth of May, nineteen ninety-seven. Uh, Phoebe, any any global events on that on that day that you want to? Oh, great, great, great question. I forgot to look this up. Um, what date is it again? Eighth of May, ninety-seven. Eighth of May, ninety-seven. One second. We've started doing a thing where uh, we say what date the episode aired on, and we we say what what momentous occasions it was coinciding with. The last episode coincided with the election of Tony Blair as Prime Minister of the UK. That's pretty good. That okay. China Southern Airlines Flight 3456 crashes on approach into the international airport, killing 35 people. Was that, were we talking Guangzhou or? Uh, Baoan. Oh, okay. I don't think Larry David should have done that. Well, RIP. <laughs> personally, personally, <laughs> Chinese 9 11. I don't think he should have um, done that. Yeah. Wait, hang on. I'm going to see if I can predict. find, I'm going to see if I can find a, a less upsetting one. Okay. Mm. No, that's it. That's, <laughs> that's, that's all we've got. 
That's all we've got, I'm afraid. Sorry. When um when Annabelle came out to visit me in Australia, she got the flights kind of last minute, and the only affordable flight she could get was on China Southern, connecting through Guangzhou, which is a bit of a nightmare airport. So it's kind of like it's it's the it's the flight to Australia of last resort is the China Southern, and uh, she gets on the flight in London, and uh, just just after takeoff, an air hostess comes around and just throws like a bin liner at everyone, and so she sort of opens it up and discovers that this bin liner is full of like mysterious Chinese snacks, like uh, ranging from things that are kind of recognizable to the Western consumer, but merely a Chinese version, like a kind of Chinese potato chip or whatever, to fully indecipherable, I don't know what this is and I can't read the packaging type snacks. Um, And then she's like, oh, okay, cool. Well, we've got this bag of snacks. And then when the air hostess comes back around, she's like, oh, what time are you serving dinner? And she was like, "I've, I've served it. They, there's your bag of snacks and then she notices that everyone else is just ravenously tucking into their bin liner full of snacks and that was all she got for like 10 hours <laughs> that's downright uh, that's the kind of service you get on every American airline uh, these days oh awesome. you'll be like on a you know if I fly to like Seattle it's like a mm. six to six and a half hour flight and yeah. they'll be like here is a bag of chips oh awesome yeah and maybe maybe twice they'll come by with the chips mm. If you're lucky, yep. they like ladle some sloppy Joe into your hands. <laughs> yeah, because it's America, and yeah. that's all they just have on hand. Just a big tub of sloppy Joe. Yeah, of that's my that's my understanding. Mm-hmm. We had we had something similar in um, in Sri Lanka when we went to the safari park because you have to leave at like like three thirty in the morning because it's quite a long drive, and uh, it makes sense to be there before the heat of the day so that the animals don't start like getting kind of pissed off and. Just going, going to hide. They get antsy in the heat. They get antsy in the heat. And one of the stops that we made on the on the on the drive there, the driver like got off the bus and then reappeared with these like plastic bags which he which he handed out, and it turned out to be like our like breakfast snacks. But it was just a really weird like combination of things. It was like an egg, mm. a, a little carton of like vanilla milk. And a kind of, and like a really large slab of cake, and Ooh. and a kind of Sri Lankan pepperami. <laughs> Sri Lankan oh, pepperami. Hey, what's what's a British pepperami? <laughs> Just pe- pepperami. What is? Are you <laughs> saying pepperoni? Got no, me I'm feeling not. like Sri Lankan pepperami. <laughs> so pepperami is a brand name, um, and it is a pepperoni-like substance. Oh, it's yeah. jerky. Yeah, no, kind it's of. not. It will sort it's, it's, of. It's it's like, no, I just it's, okay. It's, you, I just you have Googled to keep it, it refrigerated. Yeah, but okay. that's not really accurate. You have to keep it refrigerated. Like it's much more moist than jerky. Like it would okay. definitely go off. It's compressed it's, into a sausage shape and kept mm. in a foil packet. But it's like a very long, thin sausage, kind of like um, I don't know. What would it be? The it, it's kind of like the the shape and length of like a drinking straw, but yeah. it's meat. Yeah, this is a, you're describing a slim gym, is what it's called here. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. W- which doesn't have to be refrigerated because it's full of sawdust. Because we live in America, baby. They they oh, lent right. into the fact that these things were made up of uh, sort of factory offcuts. Horrifying <laughs> hamburger hill type stuff. <laughs> horrifying, horrifying runoff from hamburger hill. <laughs> or Porkchop Hill, depending on the era. Yeah, well, exactly. Right. And they lent Either into way, it's that not kosher. With a night with a with a nineties advert for it, 
where they would have a sentient pepper army mm. kind of running around and screaming um, and screaming and uh because he's horrified at being made flesh yeah he didn't and, ask to be born and and kind of and sort of like playing pranks on people and then the tagline was pepper army it's a bit of an animal which is sort of quite clever in a way, but really, really funny. disgusting. And not something yeah. that you necessarily want to be confronted with at five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Slim I'm Jims, gonna, it's a bit of a GI. I, we won't say which bit. Slim Jims had uh, Macho Man Randy Savage advertising them. Well, that's how he got of, so macho from eating all those Slim Jims. If you, if you look up, I encourage you, mm. if you're not from America, to look up what he was wearing in these advertisements, which I can only refer to as sort of like... Um, a leopard print cowboy outfit. Okay, um, okay. Macho Man Randy Savage Slim Jim ad, and he would he would encourage you, the viewer, to snap into one. Right, and he would oh. be screaming at you in his Macho Man voice. All oh, that is a very strange. Oh, yeah. This this is some real Americana <laughs> stuff I'm teaching you guys about here. Yeah, he doesn't look real <laughs> in this. That's the only way I can describe <laughs> it. He looks like a plastic man. Okay, so Milo, if you've just looked on Google Images, what you are looking at is literally a plastic man. <laughs> but you're looking at the you're looking at the uh, toy. Oh, uh, right, yeah, <laughs> that's why. <laughs> but even if, even now, I have found the image. <laughs> why is there? Oh, a, why is there? A, you Why is there a now? Mattel fucking Macho Man he Randy a, Savage? he was a wrestler. There was no, 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 no. of them. No, but it's specifically in the Slim Jim ads carrying a box of Slim Jims. <laughs> oh, okay. It's a fucking product placement action figure for children. Okay. That sounds like some shit they do at, like, I don't know, Comic-Con or something. Wow. 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 Anyways. Wow. But even in the actual images of him in the ad, he still doesn't look quite real. I'm, yeah, it's a sort of, I mean, every, every wrestling thing from the 90s looks kind of surreal in the same way, I would say. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Snap into a Slim Jim. That, um... Slap well. into a pepperami. Pop into a pepperami. Snap yeah. into a Slim Jim. What, what, sorry, what is the snapping referring to? Because they were, they'd have a sort of like, when you bit into it, there'd be sort of like, you know, like a pleasant snap to a, mm. to a good sausage. Mm. Is there a snap when you eat a sausage? I, I've never eaten a sausage. I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm dealing with here. Yeah. The skin is like a sort of snap to it. The skin, mm. the casing, you know. It snaps. Yeah. Why does it snap? I don't listen. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. okay. It's very, yeah. You also, sometimes I feel like I just forget quite how camp the nineties were. Like, yeah, Randy Savage there wearing something that could very easily be a pride outfit, I think. With a few tweaks, he would not look out of place. I don't even think you'd need that many tweaks, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> but possibly not. I think I was I was just trying to be kind and fair on the LGBT community there. Um, I didn't want to accuse them of dressing like Macho Man Randy Savage. But <laughs> and we appreciate it. Uh... <laughs> um Yes. Yeah, so anyway, that's that's that. Um, the episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> well, it was great. It was great. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it it opens with the discussion, not not of Macho Man Randy Savage, um, but uh, where George is asked by a passerby on the street to mind his luggage um, in a way that wouldn't happen now because of nine eleven. 
Um, but yeah, so he might, he agrees to mind this man's <laughs> luggage. And Jerry's like, you know, well, what, are you, what are you doing? You don't know when this guy's coming back. You know, you're some, you're some kind of mug over here. And then so George then tries to pass this on to another passerby who's like, why would I do that? Well, so I can wait forever. I don't know when you're going to come back or if you're going to come back. Um, the upshot of it is uh, we then get a second scene in the cafe where George has decided after waiting there for some time to simply abscond with this man's luggage. And he's begun wearing his clothes. And so he now looks like a kind of uh, upbeat tourist. He's got like a map folded in his front pocket. Yeah. Uh, an incredible thing I noticed is that the tourist whose clothes he was supposed to steal uh, is supposedly from Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Mm. And you do hear him talk twice in the episode, and he does have a New York accent, which I think is really spectacular. <laughs> Wait, is, he, is he definitely from Arkansas, or is this just, this just where George has chosen? That's a good point. Where he says he's from. Yeah, I'm regardless, New York, Arkansas. <laughs> regardless, there is a Manhattan, Kansas. Um, regardless... Mm of whether or not he is from Arkansas. I don't think a guy with that accent would be walking around New York with a <laughs> big tourist map. Okay, yeah. fair play. I, I love the idea of a kind of like Brooklyn enclave in Arkansas somewhere where everyone's just talking like Bernie Sanders. Um because it's like there's some, there's some like historic. It's like the Patagonia Welsh. Yeah, you that's, know, there's I was some gonna yeah that's what I was gonna reason. use as my <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, very Why'd you uh, go very... down there and get me some grits? <laughs> Very funnily, the uh, the New Orleans specific accent is actually mm. very close to the New York accent in a lot of ways. Like oh, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm not talking about like Louisiana Cajun or like Southern generally, mm. but there is a very specific New Orleanian accent that's quite mm. close. And the closest they can figure out why is because it has the almost same exact ethnic makeup. It was like Germans and Irish and uh, Italians. Okay. Uh, oh. Yeah. That's so interesting. interesting. Isn't it? Yeah. I always assumed there'd be a much more substantial kind of French po- uh, population in, in New Orleans. But well, they, they're, they're they all out in the, on, the, on the bayou, my friend. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, the French do have a deep-seated desire to be a hillbilly, which is, <laughs> it's, it's rarely exposed in France itself, but it's a tendency you see both in the kind of former, former French states in the US and in Quebec, of course. Yeah, well, well the, the, the Cajuns in Louisiana are from Quebec originally. Oh, is that so? Is that how yeah, that Acad- Cajun is short for Acadian. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think I, d- I did know that, actually. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And then how does Acadian relate to Quebec? What, what's the I etymology think, there? <laughs> I figured this out a while ago. It's not like, uh, is it in Canada? There's a, it We're was the, Ac- Acadia, Acadia was uh, in Canada's maritime provinces originally. So oh, sorry, okay. not Quebec, but the maritimes, which is like, you know, Nova Scotia, uh, Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And they, instead of going to Quebec, went to Louisiana, the the next natural choice. Yeah. To the Quebec of the South. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. What a a fun idea. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, I think we should make like a kind of a Quebecois deliverance. I think that would be a fun, um, yeah, not from around here. Yeah. I think. (laughs) Do you know know who's, who is Acadian? Who? Matt LeBlanc. Oh. I guess, yeah, French makes sense. French yeah. surname, rather. Yeah, I don't know why I, I, I love the that. idea of Cajun <laughs> Joey in French. <laughs> well, well, that, was, now, that was the first draft. I don't draft. share food, as you may recall. <laughs> oh, what is that? That is not... That, That's no, not, that, that is not no, Cajun. No, 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 no. I can't, I can't let, that, let that fly on a show with my name on it. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's not Cajun at all. I'm going to New Orleans in a couple of weeks. They're going to stab me to death. <laughs> if you do Talk that voice, you. then they definitely yeah, will. Yeah. yeah. 
Jesus. <laughs> I, got, I got some kind of acting audition in the in the coming in the coming days. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's that's my reference for Cajun. It's just a sort of Benoit Blanc voice. Um, that's all. Yeah, that's but he's all we've not got. supposed to be from New Orleans. New Orleans, is he? He's, oh, he's spo- surely he's supposed to be like kind of Cajun with a name. I mean, like he's Benoit supposed to be. Blanc. He's supposed to be French for sure. His name is Benoit Blanc. Yeah. Um, mm. But maybe this is just what happens when a British person tries to do a Cajun accent, is they sound like Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> I think it is. I think there's something something about the way it yeah. combines with well, the Foghorn Leghorn is part of the British enclave in the South. <laughs> That's right. Of course, I was raised in Birmingham. <laughs> and I was sent to Birmingham. Mm. Uh, yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's my little joke there for you. Um, so anyway, yeah, George is now wearing this man's clothes and he's going around New York pretending to be a tourist. Um, meanwhile, I'm not sure whose uh, plot line really to start with. Maybe Kramer's? Sure. Okay. So uh, Kramer finds out that um, Peterman's book has come out and it's all it's all the rage. And he's very excited because Elaine has put his anecdotes into it. So he, he views this as he is now seeped into the popular culture. He's sort of, um, he's trying to do like, backdoor cultural influence he doesn't need his name on it he just wants to slowly kramerify the modern american mind as a result he goes down to uh peterman's book signing and is thrown out by security <laughs> kramer has a advanced mm. understanding of the signifier and the signified which i think he doesn't get enough credit for by his gang yeah mm-hmm. mm. Mm. Yeah, that does make yeah. sense. He's 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 read Benjamin. He has. He's done it. <laughs> he's kind of like Genghis Khan. He's sort of he's content to simply put enough of his material out there that he will slowly kind of uh, assimilate into. Is that what Genghis Khan's plan was? <laughs> I don't think that's what his plan was. It was plan A, and then he got <laughs> sidetracked. Mm. He just want he just wanted a lot of grandkids. That was that was. No, yeah, he just, I just love kids so much. Yeah, he yeah, just, yeah. Just, just, he's, no he's just like just like babies with their little chubby cheeks. He just loved them. Yeah. No one, I tell you what, no one around Genghis Khan was using a lot of Plan B. I'll tell you that much. Um, anyway, judging so, <laughs> by that guy's numbers, come on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well. Um, I guess that may not have been the stated aim of Genghis Khan, uh, but I do I do find it interesting the concept of uh, uh, you know Kramer acting in the way that like um, like a, like a plant or another non rational organism would act in just in terms of pure dissemination of itself, like with no real kind of uh, incentive for its own like personal furtherment or whatever. But it's like if I get enough of you know. My, myself and me adjacent items out there i will have had an impact on on the biome and that's all i need yeah kramer is a sort of fungus makes a lot of sense i think mm-hmm. mm. yeah or like or, or yeah. a lichen mm. mm-hmm. something with spores is a Some- lichen not a fungus i ask no. that as no, a I genuine believe it's question a lichen. no a okay. lichen is a lichen it's not like a sub a subtype it's not lichen a lot of things it's not lichen no a lot of it's, it's not lichen a fungus there we go yeah, no, no. I think I think a lichen is its own class or division or category. I don't know what the I don't know what the I could be I could be wrong to be honest with you, but I'm pretty <laughs> li- sure. Yeah, the lichen battalion. I'm um, pretty sure that a lichen's not a fungus. 
No, because a lichen is like a, it's like an algae. Lichens yeah. are neither fungi nor plants. They are both. What, what, what a fucking <laughs> sentence that is. Shut up. No. Who said <laughs> the, that? The outer, this is from um, ASU, which I presume is Arizona State University. They don't have lichen in Arizona. That's a desert climate. The outer lichen. skin and internal structure of a lichen is made of strands of fungal hyphae. Yeah, that's um, uh, fungal music from the Bay Area. Interspersed among the strands inside the lichen are individual cells of algae. Okay, well... I feel like uh, I feel like I know less about the world than I did yeah. a minute ago. Lichens are commonly described as a mutualistic symbiosis between fungi and algae. Okay, however, they also have internal in, uh, bacterial colonies. So bacterial colonies. Yeah, yeah, they're colonizers. Is that good? I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Know. I don't know what a bacterial I colony is. Is that? Is, yeah. that presume that's like part of the. Like part of the ecosystem. Yeah, like it's algae's. Mm. <clears throat> sorry, lichens like supposed to exist. Yeah, I don't think it's like a. Yeah, they just have problem. little. <laughs> they just have little enclaves inside the lichen, like the lichen Welsh. Matty, what what is not supposed to exist? <laughs> oh, like you know, like an invasive species or something. Okay, right, sure. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me started. <laughs> the, don't the, get me the, started the, on the Moldovans. The, yeah. du- the Dutch elm, for example. That's right. The well, because that the, disease. The lanternfly. The you know, there's lantern that one tree. Fly. What's you a know lantern about lanternflies? No, um, what's a lanternfly? They're from, I believe, China, and they are in America now. And when you see mm. one, you were supposed to murder it with extreme prejudice because okay. they're extremely invasive. They have no natural predators, and they love to just be everywhere. And the the, the problem with them is is that they're like extraordinarily beautiful. Uh-huh. So like you'll walk outside in the summer and they'll be like everywhere, but like there'll be corpses of them everywhere because people are stepping on them. Um, but they are really gorgeous. So these bright red things, they're and they're huge. Uh, but incredible you things to- are coming over from China, folks. Yeah. The lanternfly, very beautiful, but you have to kill it. You can't <laughs> let it live. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He's right yeah. in this case. It's like in Australia with the cane toads, where they encourage like uh, teenagers to go out with golf clubs and kill them. Yeah, or the uh, the hogs in Southern America. Oh yeah, well, yeah there's all these like AR-15 feral. For. Like there's all yeah, like truly, there's like videos of people going on airboats, like machine gunning these feral hogs because they just because they, they also like they root up the wetlands mm. and cause like erosion problems. Oh fuck! I'm d- I'm disseminating a lot of fun facts on today's episode. Also, I have to say, wild hog a delicious meat. Um, yeah. I got some wild hog sausage in my fridge right now. Mm. Yeah, Mm. it's real. It's good. It's good stuff. I've only ever eaten wild boar once at a restaurant in Portugal, and it was excellent. I have to say, a real cut above pork. So if you get the chance to machine gun a feral hog. (laughs) That's right. And make a pepperami out of it. Yeah, that is right. Yeah, pepperami at the source. It's a bit of a wild animal. There we go. Um, So yeah, Kramer's, Kramer's solution to this is he starts his own Peterman bus tour where he drives you around the places of Peterman's life, which is actually his life, and explains Peterman's anecdotes, which are actually his anecdotes, in order to uh, profit off of this. So, um, yeah, more fun facts from me. Do you okay. know why this is in the episode? Uh, no. no. Oh, it is a real thing that the real-life Kenny Kramer did. <laughs> awesome. No. So I, I, was, I was like, I got this, like, pang of watching this. I was like, I think I remember that happening. And I went and looked it up, and it's absolutely true. He got like a condom. He got like a 
you know, he got a, a commendation from like Mayor Giuliani for doing it, according to his website. But if you go to KennyKramer.com. <laughs> okay. I, you go to the I, real I Kramer's feel homepage. myself doing it. Uh-huh. Uh, he's got, you can buy like a tape of his Kramer's reality tour. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. This is a very Windows 95 website. Yeah, it's a really incredible website. The real uh, Kramer's homepage. The real Kramer. I hope you enjoy um, my ever evolving. gave up comedy in 1981 to, in order to sell electronic disco jewelry. I maintain the site myself. I am the master of this domain. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Um, you oh should get this guy God. on as a guest. He's got his say. email listed. Oh. This Have you a- noticed also just under the photo of him, it says top 5% of all websites. Yeah, that's great. I, uh, Yeah, I'm into this. I mean, this man seems like um, he might have a number of mental illnesses, but I'm not concerned about that. The photo of him with Giuliani is just spectacular. Larry Thomas, aka the Soup Nazi, takes the Kramer reality tour. <laughs> <laughs> Regarding yeah. the Michael Richards incident, dare I click on that link? <laughs> Kenny Kramer's 2004 Australian tour. Goodness me. What? What is going on? In no way do I condone or endorse what Michael Richards said or did. It is really annoying and sad that people are saying Kramer is a racist. <laughs> yeah. Dangerous. Uh, I, I, re- I read this really interesting thing about what ha- like what happens if you're a like if you're like a looky likey and you and the person that you are a kind of impersonator of gets like massively cancelled mm. um it's a tough one because yeah, that sounds awful because like yeah what like what, what what do you do and actually like and i remember because um you presumably are not familiar with hugh dennis matty no you've just said two words you've just said two name words he's a, he's a he's a he's a stand-up comedian and kind of panel, okay. sort of panel show guest and gotcha. until, until quite recently I say quite recently. It was a long time ago now. But his like he does. He's not really an impressionist. So he had some other stuff. He had some other stuff to to offer. He had some other stuff, you know, other stuff ready to go. But he did have one impression that he was very very proud of, and it was his Jimmy Savile impression. And oh, now nuts. then, now then, now then. <laughs> and he just one day just stopped doing it and i felt i felt sad for him but yeah the people the people in this thing thing that i was reading was like there was like a, there was a rolf harris impersonator who was sort of like and honestly what are we meant to do and i was like <laughs> i guess you could like try like, i guess you could like try and frame it as a kind of i'm still doing the looky likey stuff but it's like the it's like the kind of the the Tower of London tour. It's mm. like the kind of Chamber of Horrors. Yeah, yeah. So, mm. like, I show up at your kid's party to, like, scare them. It's it's <laughs> worse for the lookalikes than for the impressionists, I think. Because I feel like if you were doing a Jimmy Savile impression in, you know, the 2000s, you weren't doing a, don't we all love Jimmy Savile? <laughs> I feel like <laughs> even though not everything was fully known about Jimmy Savile at that time, you were still kind of like, that guy was a fucking freak. <laughs> Like that was still sort of the vibe of the impression. So you could maybe get away with continuing that. Although he is now also dead, which kind of... It's already like the number of people who are very familiar with Jimmy Savile's oeuvre, other than as a sex criminal, is, is now, I think, it's you know, shrinking. I feel like people were still being like, we all love Jimmy Savile in like the early aughts. 
I'm not saying there weren't people who were like that, but I mean, as in, if you were on a comedy show doing an impression of Jimmy Savile, you probably okay, weren't yeah, in fine, that. Fine, yeah. granted. Yeah. But yeah, like I mean, yeah, I think if you're an impressionist, then you really should have more than one impression. Yeah, you, yeah, you definitely <laughs> should. Otherwise, it just seems like it's someone you happen to sound like. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, that's just, oh, I yeah. can do one voice. I can do two, actually, I can do two voices, mine and this one other guy. And you, and you can't really choose. It might be a famous person or a well-known person, or mm. you might just be able to just perfectly take off like your cousin's yeah. like boyfriend. And yeah. nobody knows how good this impression is because no one knows who that is. It could be another British comedian that you're never allowed to do in public. And he's also not that famous enough to make it yeah. worth doing in public. I mean, for example, yeah. for example, I, I can't think of anyone that that no, applies to. No, no, it doesn't. So it doesn't apply probably, to me. Probably all right. Um, yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> probably fine. Don't worry about it. Anyway, um, so yes, uh, Kramer, Kramer is doing that. Um, meanwhile, Jerry's plot line is that he's dating someone. He's got a monster of the week again. Um, yeah. yeah. And the monster of the week is uh, Melinda Clark or Julie Cooper from the OC. Mm. Su- honestly, Marla, I'm surprised you weren't all over this because Julie Cooper is, I would say, the ultra milf. Yeah, I think I just didn't, I didn't see much of her in the episode. I was having to watch it on 1.5 speeds mm-hmm. in between... <laughs> Um, I gotta watch duties. a Seinfeld episode in 17 minutes or else Yeah, there's also <laughs> Julie Cooper, British politician Who is um is less attractive, I have to say, than, than Julie Cooper of the American actress um, uh, I, Yeah, yeah, she's she's quite hot um, She's not really my type, but yeah what, Okay, first of all, she looks exactly like What's-her-face, like Atia but just yeah, thinner. there is a bit of a similarity there, but yeah, I don't in know. that she has the same face. <laughs> I'm not sure to it's the extent the same. that when I first saw uh, the HBO series Rome, I was like, "Oh, look, they've got Julie Cooper playing Atia." That's how similar they. That's how similar they look. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. Just something about it. It doesn't doesn't quite doesn't quite do it for me. But but then again, but you've but, um, you're not the right age to have seen the OC, though, are you? Well, I am actually the right age, but I didn't watch it. There, there were people th- at school who did, but I, I didn't. think I think if you'd been a big OC head, then you yeah. would have definitely been on the Julie Cooper train. Because, yeah. like I said, mm. ultra milf. Insanely, I clocked uh, George's girlfriend as someone with a bit part in a movie I was obsessed with when I was like eleven, called Keeping the Faith. <laughs> uh, you left an amazing the pause faith. there after I clocked George's. Oh uh, yeah, I, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I noticed her. I was like, that's the girl from Keeping the Faith mm. who plays a very hot Jewish woman. Classic. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, and that is in the great Seinfeld tradition, of course. Mm-hmm. It also has Ben Stiller playing a rabbi. Yeah, and Ed Norton is a priest and they're best friends <laughs> and they're fighting over a girl. Yeah, they're always going into bars delightful. together. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's great because in- incredibly also uh, Ed Norton is a Catholic priest in the film. One for the one for the movie corner grab yeah, bag. Yeah, it's like there. an it's like an aberrantly horny movie. Also, like, hmm. yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. I, I give it a I give it a Maddie recommends. Okay, all right, no. Nice. Well, you now have to come back and watch it with us. Unfortunately, you've, uh, anytime you've, you've signed up, you've signed <laughs> up for that. Do not threaten Maddie with a good time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, um, what else was she in that actress though? She was in like. Another American sitcom, but I can't remember which one it was. 
Can't tell you. Was she in, was she in Just Shoot Me? I don't, yeah, I don't know. Oh, maybe. I loved Just Shoot Me when I was... Yeah, me Yeah, me too. But if I have to guess, like, always guess Just Shoot Me because it had a really, really weird... Did you watch? Like did you watch cautious. Ed? <laughs> yes, I did. She was on seven <laughs> episodes of Ed. Oh, maybe that's where I recognize her from. But like, because 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 just shoot me is a is proof of the existence of time travel. Because I Go used on. to watch it. I used to watch it quite a lot, and every so often I'll look up the look at the name of an actor that I that I recognize, and it and they claim that they were in Just Shoot Me. And I don't remember them being in Just Shoot Me. So I think mm. they're like slipping these kind of famous actors in at the start of their careers uh, using the time machine, which is a very limited time mm. machine and only works for this one yeah. for this one sitcom. I have no idea what Just Shoot Me is, but I'm enjoying imagining that it's a sitcom about the members of a firing squad executing <laughs> people during World See, War II. See, that would be a really sort of good the concept. that they get into. It is. That's completely correct. That's what it's yeah. about. And uh, David Spade is on it, and he's the main gun guy. That's, and it's sort of like Allo Allo, like all of the... Uh, sorry, it's a, it's, sorry, it's a lot like... Allo <laughs> Allo. Allo Allo. Okay, you can't just keep saying it. <laughs> that won't make me know what it is. Hello, hello is a British Stop sitcom from the, the 1970s set in a town in occupied France during World War Two, in uh, in which like uh, I don't know how to really explain it. There's like there's like a cafe owner who is like is like working with the French resistance um, and like everyone, all the French characters speak like normal and all of the characters who aren't French have French accents. Um, yeah. And so there's like a, there's like an undercover like British OSS guy who comes into the cafe and he speaks with like a, fr- a thick French accent while all the characters who are French are like, oh, hello. Well, they're all like, hello, hello. And he's like, good morning. Yeah, it's very, um, it's a very, it's a very odd topsy-turvy world that they've created. It's actually quite, quite funny. I think it's one of the British sitcoms that kind of... Um, it holds up as quite sort of uh, harmless and charming, unlike some which are um, racist. <laughs> he's also he's also a, a kind of inveterate womanizer. The guy who runs the cafe as well. Oh yeah, he's yeah, always yeah. getting into scrapes because he runs flirtations with ladies, and he's trying to keep mm. his keep his wife happy as well. It's because he's French. Yeah, yeah. You've just whenever they get French a French person. Yeah, whenever they get a communication from London, like the the knobs on the brass bed like light up, and then the whole bed like lifts up towards the ceiling to reveal like the radio set underneath. But their like bedridden grandmother is always in the bed. So that's it's kind of like good. yeah, comedy what, bit. Of she's kind of tipped from? out of the bed. Uh, I think the seventies or the early eighties. Okay, I feel like there was a run from the eighties to the nineties where a lot of comedies, whether they be TV mm. or movies or whatever, and if, even if they weren't necessary, there would just be contraptions and gizmos and gadgets mm-hmm. and people yeah, would have insane um, like Heath de- Robinson style yeah people would have like devices in their home mm. you know you watch like something wild which is a movie that's not about gadgets or gizmos and it's just mm. got like it has got the Wallace and Gromit house for no reason and we gotta bring yeah. that back in my opinion yeah. bring back gadgets and gizmos and contraptions and devices yeah yeah that's my pitch yeah what's your what's your feeling on Inspector Gadget uh, generally pro. I watched it a lot when it was like mm. live on television when I was mm, a child. See, cause well, I'm, o- over I think... here, of course, he was D.I. Gizmo. 
I think that um, ACAB has to include Inspector Gadget, I love unfortunately. That Matty is now looking at me as though she can't tell whether D.I. Gizmo <laughs> is a real TV character. I don't know. D.I. What is T.I. Gizmo? What the fuck are uh, you D- saying? This uh, happens uh, every uh, time I'm on. D.I. is a British police abbreviation for Detective Inspector. Um, so kind of like... That's what, two what different jobs, but go on. Yeah, and... Um, yeah, it's two different jobs. And also, like... <laughs> A lichen, <laughs> so they're neither a fungus nor a plant. They they're are neither, both. and they're both. <laughs> a di is a lichen. Mm. Does that help yeah. you? Yeah, um, yeah but yeah, no, ACAP includes Inspector Gadget. That's for sure. Um, but do you yeah. do you condemn uh, the claw, <laughs> Phoebe? Yeah, yeah. Why not? Okay, I think Inspector Gadget could could be reeducated. You know. He has to be condemned as as part of a yeah. wider policing system, but I think he's not. You know, he's yeah. not one of the bad. You don't ones need to put him before the the cast of Just Shoot Me. For yeah. Sh- no, yeah, not on this occasion. Yeah. He's no. he's problematic in the sense of being a policeman, but I don't I don't believe him to be in the WhatsApp group chat that's called like you know rapist chat or whatever. No, he's yeah. in the wing of the prison with Columbo. Uh, Odo from Deep Space Nine. Hercule <laughs> Poirot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, there's like a, we're not like, like you're well, inspecting you know. murders and stuff. Like we kind of, even in a mm. world as an abolitionist, mm. even in a world like post police, yeah. we need someone to like investigate yeah. murder. You know, policing yeah. is not the answer, but like yeah, someone but inspe- who looks Inspector into Gadget it. Inspector Gadget doesn't do that. Inspector Gadget yeah. just, just retracts and expands his arm. Yeah. You do need you do That's sort of need Poirot, but unfortunately Poirot's been executed for being Belgian, which is a separate offence. Um, <laughs> that is that is true. That yeah, is true. He received clemency for the crime of being a detective. Um, yeah. And so uh, That is also the plot of Allo Allo, which um which probably should have come up come up earlier on. So you said there was a show called Hello Hello and I thought it was maybe about like a call centre. It's not called uh, hello, yeah. hello. It's called allo, allo. Is that like, not just the word hello twice? A L O. No, it's A L L O. So it's like so. It's how like French people say hello. It's also hello. how British people say hello. Hello, 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 mate. Yeah, hello. like that. Mm. So when yeah, you said allo, allo with your British accents, <laughs> yeah, but then hello, hello. Yeah, like that's like a Cockney guy. Right, that is that is a type of British accent. It's not the one that I have. But <laughs> they all sound the same to me. It's fine. <laughs> it would be funny if I suddenly went into like a full on. Um, you guys yeah. love to pretend that there's like forty different British accents. They're all the same. Don't lie to me. Hmm. Don't you dare. Actually, there are two. <laughs> okay, what are the two? Is the one that Phoebe has the one that you have? Uh, no, there's the one that I have. Um, yeah, Phoebe and, and I kind Northern. of have the same. Yeah, one. I know. <laughs> And Northern. <laughs> Those are the two English accents. I was uh, oh. I was coming back from somewhere recently, mm-hmm. and the gate I was waiting for was shared by a flight that was going to Manchester. Ooh. Uh, and I was just, it was just me and like 75 Mancunians. Uh, mm. And I was just resisting the urge to tell them all the stuff I know about England from knowing you people. And I really did a good job of not talking to them, I think. Yeah, they'd have loved that. They're yeah. from Manchester. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if if he'd start if he started kind of pelting them with Manchester facts, I think they probably would have. They'd be like, "You're all right. Have you ever been to the fucking that? Hacienda? <laughs> Get yourself a fresh pair of Adidas Gazelles. Get you down there, son." So that's pretty good. 
Yeah. Th- yeah, that is no, that is actually good. That's a, that's not a bad. That's not a bad Manchester. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of um, if you if you go for Manchester, if you sort of go Yorkshire and then dial it back about thirty percent. Okay. Yeah, and then if you want to go Scouse, you got to take Manchester and just start like gargling seawater, um, and then <laughs> that's pretty mm. much that's the that's the that's the anatomy. Sorry, I'm just looking up what a Scouse is. Scouse. Liverpool. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's in yeah. Liverpool's not Manchester. Got it. <laughs> it's nearby. It's ah, nearby. Yeah, it's it's I think it's one of the most dramatic accent shifts in the UK is if you drive an hour or less than an hour from Manchester to Liverpool and like it's it, yeah, you you could they could be speaking a different language. Um it's it's pretty intense. Um anyway, so surely the most most dramatic language um accent shift is if you go f- if you're like kind of like East Hampshire and then you sort of drive round to, to Essex. Sure, that's a fairly... Hampshire's not near Essex. Not Hampshire. What's the one that's near Essex? Wessex. Sorry? Uh, Matty said I made Wessex. A, I made a joke and I said Wessex. <laughs> Matty, so well, Matty said Wessex. <laughs> yeah, well, the old, the old Wessex did used to border Essex, I think. Um, Probably. I've, I've got no idea. I think, I think Wessex extended... Um, Sorry, that's, wait, a real, no. that's a real thing? Yeah. What Wessex is real? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a historic it it, right. it's a historic county. It no longer exists. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was like it was a kingdom. Yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh, uh Oh, I don't recognize yeah, yeah. any any pre uh Aethelstan kingdoms. It's not really my thing. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you still yeah, you had yeah, Essex and, and Sussex and, and Middlesex and Wessex. Oh. Which are all these like Okay. So mi- so Middlesex is now no longer an area, but it is an administrative area. So you can have a Middlesex postcode, but it's not a place exactly. Yeah. It is a place, but don't get carried away. Do you know what I mean? It's it's part of Greater <laughs> London. Um, uh, Essex very much a place and an administrative region. Remember before um, when I was telling you guys that London geography just like makes my head fucking spin, <laughs> and you were like, "What are you talking about?" And then you tried to explain it to me. And you're like, "It's not an area, but it's an administrative area." Do you understand what that sentence sounds like to me? Yeah. <laughs> That is, yeah. it's Mid- not Middlesex an area, is... but it is an area. Like it's not yeah. like it's not a place. You can't like <laughs> say I live in Middlesex, but you might have a Middlesex postcode, and there is a Middlesex hospital. So it's not a place, but it has. Well, no, I think you're making this more confusing, Phoebe. It is. A, a, it is a place, <laughs> like, it, but it's just like it's not really like um. But it only for administrative purposes. You wouldn't no, say you it, lived it's also in historic. You could. It's say not like that. a Brigadoon I mean, situation, is it? It, it is a geographically <laughs> defined area. Like if you said something is in Middlesex, you could point to it on a map. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just that it's kind of it's kind of a historical area which no longer has much relevance. Like okay. it would people wouldn't really associate themselves with it. Like because there's <laughs> other areas within that that are like modern geographical areas. So it would be weird to say something is in Middlesex. Okay. You could actually do that, and it would have meaning. I'm going to do like it, it, and you can't stop me. I'm going to start exactly. doing it all the time. The offices of um, Rupert Murdoch's B Sky B uh, Limited, for example, or PLC, probably they're, they're in they're in Middlesex. I'm always saying this. Yeah, <laughs> I'm saying um, this constantly. And- I was saying it to my wife earlier. <laughs> so on and so forth. Uh-huh. Um, so anyway, Jerry's thing is um, uh, George makes him worried about ear hair because George is going on about the second puberty that is ear hair, which. Um, I do. I I I have myself felt sometimes uh, cheat, cheated by like a random bit, and I'm not a very hairy person, 
but suddenly I'm just like, where did where did this come from? Why do I have hair here now? What's this about? Um, and uh, and so Jerry then he sort of he becomes concerned about this and he and he shaves his chest and then sort of regrets what he has wrought upon his now hairless chest. Um, and sort of well, is, is worried about his girlfriend finding out. He doesn't strictly regret it. He he at first he's like he's really keen and he has reason to suppose that she likes hairless things because she likes a I think quite scary Mexican hairless dog. She likes a pepperami. She likes a pepperami. Well, I mean if a pepperami had hair, that would probably not be mm. not be ideal. Yeah. Uh and you are given to understand that Kramer has made the mistake of shaving his body hair, but you don't find out what or or what what ha, what has ha, what has occurred. You just see him off off screen. There's a, there's a fun um, there's a fun like through line through this where Kramer keeps bursting in on Jerry while he's in the bathroom, and you hear Jerry going, "Get out, get out! I don't want to live like this." <laughs> there's there's actually an incredible joke that did not get a laugh even in like the canned laughter, which I thought was incredible. But like Elaine comes in to Jerry's apartment and Kramer's just sitting on the couch. He goes, where's Jerry? And he goes, he's in the shower. Do you want me to get him? (laughs) (laughs) Which is like an amazing joke and like nothing dead from the audience. Cretans, dead Cretans. They didn't understand it. Yeah. 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 Minoans. (laughs) Um, Yeah. God. Yeah. They filmed this one live at uh, Canasso's. Yeah, 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 in the labyrinth. Mm-hmm. Yep. Where's That's Where's right. the Minotaur? He's in the labyrinth. You want me to get? Him? <laughs> I want to go draw a New Yorker cartoon and sell it. That says exactly that. <laughs> Might take me a while. Yeah, yeah. That's not bad. Oh no, I think it works. Yeah, it's fine. I'm happy with it. Yeah, do do something about the um the Minotaur paying fifteen hundred pounds a calendar month to live in the to live in the labyrinth. You know, they say George's rent in this episode, mm. and it is astronomical for 1997 <laughs> what they make yeah. they make a joke about they that do, but right? i was because... like, imagining what he'd be like 2300 dollars a month in 1997 is it's like, like now rent it's like now rent <laughs> yeah I, I don't know i think that's funny particularly since he mm. um particularly since he well, loves he's so apartment. rich he's so rich um mm. yeah like so... i did the math he's paying 4500 dollars a month <laughs> with like inflation and stuff Okay, yeah, that is that is that feels like a lot of money. <laughs> it's like a rich guy, I guess. I guess he does have like a very corporate job. Yeah, but yeah, that, that's crazy, crazy yeah, I stuff. I don't really have much of a sense of how much how much Costanza is meant to be paid, but I assume it's like quite a lot at this point. They all have cars and they live in New York. They're all rich people. That's sort of yeah. Thing. Okay, fair. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah. So the the woman that he's dating is is a is a. Like she works for like the New York Tourist Board or something, and then he says he's going to move to New York, and there's a great and there's a great line where he says like, oh well, like you know, I don't, I don't have a I don't, I don't I don't know how to find a job, I don't know how to get an apartment, but like if I condense everything I've achieved in my life into one day, it doesn't look so bad. <laughs> mm. Um, which I I find quite I find quite quite comforting and wise as a sentiment. Yeah. And so that's something which I occasionally say to myself. <laughs> Ro- Rome wasn't built in a day, but if it was, pretty good. That'd be pretty good. Pretty you'd good. Have some, pretty you'd have something good. cooking. Pretty good. You'd really have something cooking. <laughs> what, a whole, a whole pantheon? What, in one day? Bloody hell. Yeah. Hmm. 
uh, and he also t- he also tells he also tells her that uh, he works for what's it called the chicken place uh, Tyson Chicken Tyson Chicken. So we so we get a fun little look. At I think, the no, I think it's just Tyler Tyson Chicken, which is not a real chicken. Which is Tyler yeah. Chicken, which I don't yeah. think is is that a real thing? No, I yeah, don't know. I don't not, so. not I don't over know. here. It's not. We only have the pepper army. We have chicken pepper army, but then right. <laughs> we have a kind yeah. of fermented pepper army drink. But I think it's supposed to be basically like Tyson, like the big chicken company. Okay, I don't know what that oh, is. Oh, like it is it. like, it is if you go buy a grocery store chicken, Tyson is like the big factory farm chicken that you get at the grocery store. Okay, gotcha. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Which yeah, is yeah, why I when could, there's that incredible bit where Steinbrenner is talking to the, the Tyler chicken man. Uh, and they're based in Springdale, Arkansas. Do you think that's the riff? Because he's like, gotta be the riff. Yeah, mm. but I guess they couldn't say Tyson because they didn't want to get sued by Tyson. Sure. But Founded Ty- by but, John W. Tyson. But Tyler Chicken is run by an Arkansas analog of of Steinbrenner, so we get to see them on the phone to each other because Steinbrenner thinks that uh, Costanza is moonlighting, and then the Tyler Chicken guy says, "Well." I don't know who that is, but if you want, but if you want him that badly, um, I'm going to hang on to him. And then they strike a deal where Steinbrenner trades Costanza in, uh, for 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 Tyler Chicken taking over all the concession stands, including a <laughs> <laughs> including a alcoholic fermented chicken drink. Um, yeah, they ferment like anything else. <laughs> yeah, they ferment like yeah. anything else, which again is another beautiful line. It's an incredible joke. Nothing. Yeah, no. I feel like uh, there's like so much on Seinfeld generally. This like beautiful surrealism that creeps into the show as it goes on, uh, mm. and the audience just never goes for it. And it never, it's never talked about. We will talk about Seinfeld, but it's like everywhere. It's incredible. They're talking about fermented chicken drink. It's amazing. Yeah, pearls before it's, swine. It's beautiful. It's it's like it's like how the the Russians have that fermented bread drink kvass. Oh yeah. I tell you what. When you drink it, you can really taste the bread in yeah. a way that does not, because it's kind of like a soda. Mm. And you, you'd think, how could it taste of bread? But then you drink it and you're like, oh boy, does it. I mean, the many places have a sort of carbonated fermented bread drink. It's called a uh, beer. I don't know if you've heard of this. Ah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. That sounds like a Wessex thing to me. Mm. I don't know. I'm, mm. I don't yeah, want to drink a sure fizzy bread, fizzy bread drink. That sounds disgusting. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's made sure with many that. of the same ingredients as bread. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. One yeah. time I tried to make uh, ginger ale in my apartment from scratch. Um, and instead of using like a soda machine, you can actually mm. ferment like a ginger syrup in water uh, yeah. by okay. putting like active yeast in it. And I did that and it did taste like uh, bread. <laughs> so uh, I kind of accidentally yeah. made some kvass in my pantry when I was like 23. Nice. Cool. Okay. Yeah. It we did, had it, to get like a yeah. real a real ginger to supervise it, like like Prince Harry or Ed Sheeran. Um, <laughs> That's right. Uh-huh. Conan O'Brien. I don't know. Some one of the ones you'd have better access to over there. <laughs> yeah, Conan O'Brien just walking around. He's easy to find. Yeah. He's taller than most people. Yeah. You just go to Midtown. Yeah. You could probably spot him. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I I spied him in London once actually. Weirdly, outside Ooh, of his usual O'Brien. environment. Yeah. On um on the fucking uh on the corner of Knightsbridge by uh. Uh, where Knightsbridge meets—is it Horse Guards Parade? Like that—that yeah. that big, that big roundabout. 
Um, Sorry, did you say horse guards parade? Yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna dwell. I keep doing this, but you. I just yeah. want to. I just want the listeners at home to register the fact that Milo just said, and I and I quote, <laughs> "Horse guards parade." So horse guards parade is is a part is a part of London, Matty, where um, you're never gonna guess what happens there. No, um, the horse <laughs> the the mounted regiments of guards parade their horses through there i and i'm not joking multiple times a day <laughs> oh, it really God. does what it says on the tin that particular area of london yeah damn yeah well because uh, it's asked an yeah, answer it's, yeah it's the route between where their where their barracks and stables are and and whitehall which is where they have to then sit sit guard i guess if you're a horse guard you sit on the horse you don't stand um yeah and they were wearing the dress uniform the big fucking chrome cavalry helmets that yeah. like come down to the bottom of the nose so you can't see shit you kind of look like you're halfway through being beaten up by tom and or jerry <laughs> it's so you can look at your horse yeah, yeah. it's like That's blinders weird. for looking at your beautiful horse yeah and they they are they are they are beautiful horses. of course they are yeah they're now glossy thinking, they're muscular they got it all I see, now that i'm I thinking see about this the, the British cavalry dress uniform also has a lot of elements of horse. Like like you're wearing there's a lot of plumage on it of the of the kind you would associate with the like the helmet has uh, a kind of a mane. Horse plumage. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean you know the, I yeah, know like yeah. a tail the mane. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um and so you do you do sort of increasingly look like a horse the more of it you put on. Well they're they are they are dressing as the horse in admiration of the admiration of the horse. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you spend all day horse, you, you gonna... spend all day staring at your horse. You're gonna start wanting to dress like. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. Like um, you know, when people start to look like their dogs. Yeah. Sooner yeah. or later, you spend mm-hmm. enough time with a horse, you're gonna want to dress like it. Yeah. You know that is um, quite a many, uh plume on top of their thing. Mm. Right. I'm looking at it now. Yeah. Very uh, it very riders plume. of Rohan looking mm. dudes. Yeah. Another lot, another lot who spent a lot of time looking at their horses and dressing yeah, like them. Very yeah. true. And yeah. dressing. And why wouldn't yeah. you? We why have neglected you? Elaine's plotline, um, which yet. is that um, she co- she comes up with a business where because the top of the muffin is the best part, you just sell the top of the muffin. And her and her business partner have the have the issue, which is disposing of the bottom halves of the. Muffin. Well, it's not that it's her business partner; it's her former it's her former boss at the old publishing company, and she gives him the idea. Mm. And then he sets this up, but it's not working. So she agrees to. So she agrees to go into go into mm. business with him, drawing on her McKinsey yeah. years. And crucially, yeah. you cannot use. You can't just make the top of a muffin. You got to make yeah. a whole muffin. And pop then the yeah. top, off the toss top, the yeah. stump. Very important stuff. It's because the consumer will know. It only tastes so good because of the wastage. That's right. Yeah. I think I think muffins are like up there with just the most. Like disappointing that it's possible for a baked good to be a good muffin is good. A good muffin is good, but anything other than completely freshly baked is just—it's horrible. It's like it's like consuming a kind of a lead sort of doughy lead ball. Yeah, and and it's true. The stump is bad. I don't. I don't mind the stump. The stump is at least neater. I've never been able to eat a muffin top neatly. (laughs) You want the the muffin top to be completely organized? Yeah, it's because it's where. Like Elaine says, it breaks free of the pan mm. and enjoys the sunlight yeah. of the oven. 
I, like, I thought this whole this whole episode was going to be about um, the the British term muffin top, which refers to a kind of like uh, a, a fat belly bulging over the top of a, of a waistband. Yeah, this is we got that too. There's a okay, whole right, there's yeah. a very long extended bit about this on Thirty Rock as well. The song yeah. "Muffin Top" sang by Jenna Maroney. And then, so when it was literally about the tops of muffins, I was like, "Oh, that seems like it's going to be a, a less." Um, I think that term is like discussion newer. It's it's later. Yeah, we did not have that term in the nineties. It's a it's a early aughts. It does it does term. feel something that would have been on you know in the British press in the two thousands, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. possibly in reference to like one of the Spice Girls who'd put on approximately three pounds in weight or something like. that. <laughs> yeah. Did you know that um, after she'd had. I think it must have been Brooklyn. Uh, Chris Evans on what was it? What would have what would it have been at that time? Oh, it was fucking um, TFI Friday Friday night show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Wade Victoria Beckham. I did. I see, saw this in the fucking see, documentary. Yeah, to it was see crazy. if she to see if she lost her baby weight. It was a really really fun time to be a teenage girl. I'll tell you that. I'll, was, t- I'll tell oh, you that it was for, so, for nothing. It was so normal. Yeah, it's, uh, it's shocking to think about this stuff and wonder why so many people developed eating disorders around that yeah, time. Yeah, completely, completely mysterious. Completely mysterious. Absolutely no idea how that happened. Uh, mm. But yeah, no, no, it's literally about the muffin tops. But like, honestly, like, I don't like, I don't mind like a small muffin that you can that you still can eat relatively sedately. Even with even the top, even the top bit, but I think it's time to take take a stand against this proliferation of unnecessarily giant food. Not the quantity, but the actual size of what you're being expected to to put in your gob. As a small faced mm. person, <laughs> yeah, a, I am fucking sick of these gigantic sandwiches that I have to like nibble on the corner of like a like yeah. a dormouse. The overhyped burger is, uh, the burger should be wide, it shouldn't be tall. Which is not, that's, uh, um, admittedly I don't, I don't have that like issue because I don't, eat, I don't eat burgers, but I am, I am, I am pig sick of the giant sandwiches and the giant pastries. You could, you could eat a burger, they do chicken burgers. Yeah, but they're disgusting. Oh, I know. Oh, that's really good whoa, ones. that sounds like someone who's never had the chicken Maharaja Mac. At McDonald's in India. <laughs> and let me tell you, I, I have. I cannot really stress enough how true that is, Matthew. <laughs> yeah. It's. I'm oh, not yeah. kidding. That is the real name of the burger. It kicks ass. It's so good. You've never had the chicken Nehru. Yeah. The chicken Gandhi. All of the classics that you can uh, get. In, uh, Indian McDonald's, like in India, is outstanding. They got a mm. masala fries. Ooh. They got like oh, uh, masala fries are good. There's the the the, the Mick Alu Tiki also very good. It's like a fried mm. a fried potato patty on a sandwich. God damn! Oh, it's like the Smack Bar P Wet. It's much like it's like Smack Bar P Dry. It's not okay. you know yeah. like it's not so so wet. It's it's so funny the number <laughs> of British things which are much more parsable than that that I've mentioned this episode. But the one that you really took in your stride was Smack Bar P Wet. P wet is sort of like worked its way into my brain already, you know. Thanks to thanks to thanks to Nathan. Uh, yeah, fair enough. You know, like that's been in the cut. Co- like that's like I've heard that's that phrase enough. You know, that's no longer insane to me. In a way that say, mm. um, you know, Mother Victoria's glorious horse parade avenue is like, you know, less yeah. 
uh, Mother Victoria. <laughs> yeah, it's named after Victoria Beckham. That's right. After she had Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, Remember, I only started eating chicken as an adult as well. So, like, there's there's no there's no particular reason for me to have a chicken burger. Also, a, fr- I'm, I'm a fried like, chicken sandwich yeah. is really good. Yeah, they're they're good though. I think you would enjoy one. No, if you I had wouldn't. a good one. I absolutely wouldn't. I right. absolutely can tell you that I absolutely wouldn't. Interesting. Really, I don't. I don't like eating things that have been constructed by somebody else that I haven't supervised the construction of. <laughs> you can so, supervise wait. the construction. Hey, Phoebe. Yeah, Phoebe. Yeah, my, my pal Phoebe. Have you yeah, ever right. have you been to a restaurant before? I'll I'll go to a restaurant, but it's when they start hiding things under buns, mm. and you can't stop them. You can't stop them fucking sneaking either mayonnaise or ketchup, both of which I hate. Can't well, stop them from doing well, you that. You really hate fry sauce, which is mayonnaise I mean, and ketchup mixed together. Um, oh my god! It's a thing. That, yeah, it's a thing they do gen- in Utah, and it's awful. Um, Genuinely, that's the one of the worst uh, things I've ever heard. Ketchup is good, uh, but that's uh, mm, okay. I think they're fucking sneaking the, the, the you know your, your gherkins. And gherkins so are good. Oh, have, you, have you tried the asking the waiter at the restaurant that you don't want ketchup on your? Burger? Yes, and they don't fucking listen. Anyway, I, Look, I, this bird, I, she thinks she doesn't want ketchup. Isn't that what she's talking about? Probably like, got the like hysteria also, like caused also, by the womb. I'm never going to go and eat somewhere where my only choice is a burger. So it, yeah. it, it doesn't should, come into it for me. You should start a discourse about um about restaurant sexism and claim that, re- that waiters never take your dislike of ketchup seriously because you're a woman. I think that would be actually, a really I fun one. I actually do think that the fucking giant sandwiches and the giant burgers everywhere is a bit sexist. Because mm. in the on, main on women have smaller faces. On a size basis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, but I think that's I think that's too rational. I think I think you've got to to start a really good discourse, you've got to go down a more a more abstruse route, which is that like waiters think women should eat ketchup. Yeah. And they won't. Really, they won't I, hear otherwise. I really don't think that sounds like a good use of my time. <laughs> that's that's the only thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, yeah, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, it, it wasn't a serious suggestion. I, I know. Could, yeah. Um, but um, Phoebe refuses anyway. to play in the space. She won't do it. <laughs> yeah, Wave, waving a little white flag which says "riff" on it. Yeah. Um, that is a that is a no on that one. Um. And sort of the, the way that the plot lines all tie together is that uh, Kramer convinces Jerry to go on his bus tour to try and get some hype going because Jerry is a minor celebrity. Um, Elaine asks Kramer to dis- dispose of all of her muffin stumps because he's got he's got the bus anyway. Could he just go via the dump? Um, and there's, then Kramer- a gra- there's a great scene where um, Elaine gets challenged by the by the um, supervisor of the soup kitchen because she, is, <laughs> oh, cause she, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. she assumes uh, that she'll just be able to uh, drop the muffins stumps off there and the woman comes around and says like what you think what you think that homeless people don't deserve the top of a muffin um, which I think is quite like advanced in its thinking for a sitcom from the 90s to be honest with you but anyway yeah be like oh like homeless people actually don't want to eat uh, trash because <laughs> they're yeah. human beings yeah uh-huh. yeah <laughs> Yeah, fine. And and Elaine inevitably gets Who into a, gets stump. into a set two with this woman because she just doesn't like being told off. I'd, I would eat a muffin stump. I'm not going to lie. I think that um the muffin stump it's kind of like a uh, broken biscuits. Mm. You know? As long yeah. as you know what you're buying, as long as it's if you're getting a discount compared to buying a regular muffin because you're getting a stump and it's like a you know because the muffin stump 
it's not quite as good as the top, but it's fundamentally it's still the same fine. stuff. It's still the same same yeah. substance. My concern more is that muffins stop being good after they're freshly baked, just full stop. So, mm. well, because you could have freshly baked muffin stumps, they could be selling those out the back. They could have they, a whole different store called Muffin yeah. Stump. Stump of the muffin to you. Stump yeah. of the muffin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To you. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, a re- stick, that's stick a really fun that's a really fun little callback. A thing. Because yeah. Because. Uh, because this is the this is the boss who Elaine tangled with over the over the use of exclamation points, and she tries to get him to change the exclamation point in the name of the shop, and he's like, no, 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 I want to keep it, even though he made her take out some exclamation points, series and series ago. It's just a fun little it's a fun little callback. It's lore. Yeah. It's lore. It's it's deep, it's, it's, it's deep, it's deep lore. lore. It's deep in the stump of the lore. <laughs> I think with the I think with the muffin stump the muffin stumps at the at the homeless shelter, I think it's that they assume that it's discarded rubbish, not that they don't want to eat the muffin stumps. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because a fresh a fresh muffin stump, you'd have no particular no um, particular qualms. But I think that yeah. it's just a breakdown of communication on Elaine's part. Someone delivers yeah. a garbage bag full of muffin stumps. Yeah, it's a real presentational issue. I mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Put them in a cloche. Yeah. Really changes the, the you yeah. know, the sense exactly. of Exactly. Why not? Why not? Yeah, yeah, one of those hats from the 1920s. <laughs> is that, that a type of hat? A bunch of like, yeah, like, flapper is. girls are delivering the muffin <laughs> stumps. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew what you meant by a cloche, but yeah. it was just so fun to think of it being one of those 1920s <laughs> flapper girl hats. Those aren't those aren't cloches though. A cloche hat is um is a like kind of velvet like kind of upside down bucket. Well, that that's what I was thinking of. Oh, well that that's okay. the same era I would say of like kind of ish. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm yeah, not no, I'm similar, not a but, fashion historian, but no, I thought I thought you meant those little those like kind of little kind of curved kind of helmet hats. Oh no, that's what that a cloche hat is. Wore. It looks like a little helmet. Yeah, I'm not sure what the difference between those two things are, Phoebe. <laughs> they sound like quite similar descriptions. <laughs> Because like I thought that I thought that a cloche was more like a um, like a like a bucket hat because it's got a brim. What I'm picturing has like doesn't have a brim. No, they, there's I'm when I'm googling it here, I'm seeing both listed as cloche. One oh, one that's kind of almost more like a bowler hat, but a bit bigger, and one yeah. that's more like a kind of um, almost like a bonnet. Yeah, that's what I'm I'm picturing like a kind of bell shape. Well, like a cloche. Yeah, well, yeah, like a cloche. so it's sort of like uh, so it's both an algae and a fungus. Yeah, yeah. Okay. it's a lichen also hat. neither. Mm. Um, oh, okay, so it's not a lichen hat, it's a moss. Yeah, you don't want lichen getting on your muffin stumps, the homeless No, you really, really don't. You really um, don't. So yeah, anyway, uh, Kramer gets refused at the dump um, and he takes all of his all of his tour customers on a long circum, circumlocutory, not circumlocutory, circum, peripatetic, I should say, uh, tour of all the different dumps where he's refused at every turn and in the end they're forced to call in Newman, uh, in a in a riff on Winston Wolf from Pulp Fiction, who turns up in an Acura NSX, which he confesses is a rental, um, and then proceeds to eat all of the muffin stumps, but not before doing some fun Pulp Fiction lines. Uh, yeah, is there is there anything else that we need to mention? Then when they're on the bus, because they're on the bus for such a long time, mm. Jerry's uh, chest hair starts growing back in, and he like escapes off the bus. And uh, howls at the moon. That I I think about that howling. <laughs> the, the line delivery on the awu that feels good is is uh, really spectacular stuff. Yeah, I think so. I yeah. think so too. 
Yeah. It's bloody good stuff. This is like um, three classic episodes of Seinfeld that I forgot were all the same episode. Also. It's all mm. coming together. Yeah. All coming together. Click, click, click. It's all Oh working. yeah, and that, no, sorry, the the fine the fine the final scene. Because what well, the, the the running joke with uh with Costanza and the girl that he's seeing is that she keeps saying, you couldn't move here. This city will eat you alive. And he runs into the guy whose suitcase he's, he's taken, who presumably uh, forcibly strips him of his clothes. And then she comes upon him and she says, oh, and she sort of finds him like naked in the bathroom. And she says, oh, see, I told you, I told you you'd never make it in this city. George, George foolishly replied to someone who asked him what shoe size he was on the street. That's right. And, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's no good. Um, but there you go. You know, Costanza learned an important lesson about New York City. The, 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 the luggage man always returns for his due. And if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. That's true. Start spreading the news. But he um, also, yeah, he also gets, yeah, he gets, he, we, we said that, that he gets traded to, to Tyler Chicken. Yeah, yeah. The, the the head of uh, Tyson Chicken is now a man called Donny King, uh, which I think is one of the most American names you can have. Um, and he's also the CEO of uh, of uh, of a bunch of other brands, including Jimmy Dean and Sarah Lee. Oh yeah, what's important about food in America is that all food is owned by two companies. Yeah, it all comes out of one big pipe. It kind of does, and like one pipe is Coca Cola and the other pipe is Pepsi. This is what I assume. Yeah, it's actually basically true. One time really? I lived next to a grocery store where the um, the owner like pissed off the driver of the delivery truck for the the, the Frito-Lay products. And right. then uh, within a week, the grocery store stopped having food on the shelves. Oh, my God. And I was like, huh, <laughs> seems like that's a bad way to run a country. Well, yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? It does seem not ideal. Yeah, yeah, you pissed off the Pepsi mafia. Like, truly. He had to go cap in hand to Coca-Cola. Please, my business, Don Don Pepsi, tell me, he, he ran me out of a town. How did you know that my grocer was Italian? Um, yeah. <laughs> you come to me on this, the day of the launch of Vanilla Coke Zero. <laughs> I feel like Coca-Cola don't really own any food, though. They, they, they stuck more in the beverage market, whereas Pepsi expanded into a very broad... Have you never had the Coca-Cola burger? Yeah. The Coca was a chicken burger. Yeah. But with just like fermented. with just like a kind of fermented sort of slab yeah. of, ev- of evaporated Coca-Cola crystals. Yeah, oh, that would be that would be a really horrid texture. Um <laughs> so it remains for us only to thank Matty very much for joining us. What a pleasure uh-huh. it's been. Thank you for having me on, as always. We loved it. Sorry um, for making fun of everything you say about England. No, no, it's it's only right and fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, is there anything you would like to plug to the loyal hogs? Mm, uh, please, beautiful hogs. If you've not uh, read or purchased it, my book Boys Weekend is available for purchase uh, from mm. any regular old bookseller of your choice. Yeah, yeah, and of course the realkramer.com. Yeah, if you go to the real Kramer, uh, he did have a store. If you go to Cramart, uh, Cramart. Oh, I get it. Kmart. It's got like yeah, a Kmart nice. logo, but it says K-R-A. Kmart. Yeah. Nice. If you, uh, there's one gift shopping for sign fans at Kmart. Mm. Um, I don't know if they sell my book, but he should. Yeah, they should. Mm-hmm. They, when it is the number one choice for sign fans, at least on this podcast. Yeah. 
If you want a yada, yada, yada bumper sticker, Kramart is the place to go. Amazing. I do quite. I like that he's selling Seinfeld merch that doesn't even pertain to Kramer. That's good. That's pretty good. That's good stuff. It's very much, very much a George plotline. Oh, wait, actually, you know what I do want is the shirt he's wearing in this one photo. It was that very famous shirt of Kramer that's like an oil painting of Kramer. Ooh. It's like a, it's uh, a thing that you used to see a lot of people wearing, you know, Mm. but there is a shirt, there's a shirt that is a painting of the real Kramer wearing the famous Kramer t-shirt. Oh. And that is a good shirt. Yeah, that sounds like a good shirt. That, is, I want that is a great shirt. So after you've bought that, you can buy my book. Okay, good plan. And yeah. where and where and where can one find your book? Any any bookseller you like, your regular bookstore should have it. Uh, the big the big boys like Amazon, etc., should also have it. Yeah, perfect. Um, well, uh, this has been a free episode, I believe. So if you're listening to this, we have a Patreon. You can subscribe to it. It's $3 a month for the basic bonus episodes and it's $5 a month for Discord and the Movie Corner and it's $10 a month for the What's the Deal miniseries. Um, <laughs> do tune in for all that. We had a, we had a great Movie Corner recently with uh, Josh Boorman all about the movie Tiptoes, um, which uh, is a horrifying watch from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got a What's the Deal coming out this month, probably with uh, Hugh Davies. So, friend mm. of the show. Um, yeah, tune in for that and we will see you all very soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.